Hello everyone and welcome to a Words and Nerds spin-off, The Regular. My name is Nathan J. Phillips. I'm a writer of speculative fiction, occasionally an editor, and always a fan of any book with a good story. Today I'm coming to you from Nungarwal country, and I'd like to pay my respects to the elders past, present, and emerging, being the original storytellers of this region. Today, Danny has very kindly handed the mic over to me to interview the wonderful Jodie Gibson. Jodie Gibson is an Australian author of contemporary women's fiction, or as she likes to call it, fiction with all the feels. Her debut novel, a contemporary drama titled The Memories We Hide, was published in August 2019. Her next novel, The Five Year Plan, is a lighter romantic women's fiction combining travel, food and romance, and will be published by Brio Books in September 2021. Jodie lives with her husband, daughters and fur babies on a mini farm in regional Victoria. She spends her time baking up sweet treats in her kitchen, reading and recommending her favourite books and dreaming of her next travelling adventure. Welcome to the podcast, Jodie Gibson. Thank you very much for having me, Nathan. Good to be here. Not a problem. Look, I really appreciate you um, yeah, taking the time out and coming to talk to the uh, talk to myself uh, on the podcast and everything. Look, uh, before we do get started, though, uh, do you want to just give us a, a quick elevator pitch of the five-year plan that's coming out? We Was it 7th of September? I know we just spoke about it. That date should be fresh in my mind. <laughs> yes, 7th of September it's out. Um, okay, so the five-year plan is the story of Demi Moretti and she's a 33-year-old. She lives in Melbourne and she pretty much has a five-year plan of how she wants to pull her life together, her love life, and her main goal for the plan is to take over the running of her family cafe when her dad retires. So that's where we start off um, but, of course, things don't go to plan for Demi and she discovers that her boyfriend, Will, is is up to something and then she's blindsided by her father when he hands the cafe to her older brother. Um, so Demi packs up her bags and heads, as you do, across the other side of the world. Um, as, you do, yep. <laughs> as you do. But she has another plan. Um, she's heading over to where her parents are from and her uncle is there and he runs a cafe in Italy. Um, in Bari and so she's going to mend her broken heart learn all about the Italian culture her Italian culture and her history um, the running of a cafe and take all of that knowledge back and hope that her father realizes he's made a monumental problem in handing the cafe on to her brother but of course that plan doesn't come together either and she's faced with a love triangle from the past um, a long-held rivalry in the town of Bari with her family and she also meets someone called Leo who really throws a spanner in the works and she starts to question whether her five-year plan is ever going to come together. Yeah and look I really um, really enjoyed uh, the, the part that I've read so far as we mentioned we were discussing it earlier uh, I got managed to get a, a hold of the manuscript um, or the the proof copy sorry this morning yeah. uh wasn't really able to put it down except for the times that i essentially had to so oh that's good to hear <laughs> and I'm, I'm just up to one of those spanners where uh we know with leo and it's um mm -hmm. I, I gotta say uh, again this is something that we spoke about before but i i really um i really enjoy it in a novel particularly when it's got some of this light sort of bit of humor about it as well mm -hmm. when the audience or the readers know something is happening and you can see the cogs turning in the, in the character's mind. Um, but something that she just didn't expect that is going to get in the way. And um, yeah, no spoilers, but that bit discussing with Leo 
about when he introduces the problem. Yeah. Um, absolutely loved it. And the, the other part that uh, I've really enjoyed as well is that, you know, th- this is um, all genres have their tropes and all their, their things that you expect to happen. And you've really set up uh, Will, which is uh, at the start anyway, uh, Demi's boyfriend, um, and you've really set him up to sort of lean into one of those tropes. And then you take us for a bit of a spin at the end and it, it, it comes out as that uh, surprising but inevitable when you look mm-hmm. back and go, of course it was that. Mm-hmm. But you sort of you lean into the trope enough to sort of talk us down one day and then pleasantly surprise us with uh, a different path on that one. So yeah, yeah I'm glad I'm glad that worked because um yeah. that was something I was I wanted to allude to to something that might be going on and then totally throw something different at the reader. So I'm glad you found that. <laughs> oh, I very much enjoyed it. So thank you for putting that in there. Um, the other thing I enjoyed about this is you know lots of travel, which uh, obviously in. Historically, not at, not at the moment, but it's something that I've very much enjoyed in the past. Um, lots of food, which is something I enjoy presently. Um, As we all do. <laughs> yes. And the other thing is this this book starts the way that every good day should start, well, in my humble opinion, with a, with a fantastic blend of coffee. Um, of course. So, Best way to start the day. The only uh, way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a few years ago when I started my blog, I just called it Coffee and Ink because I had nothing else to uh, in in the brain that would um, to, to call it. But it's uh, a great name. I, I think I look at it, yeah, the more I look at it, the more I go, you know, I'm really glad it did because mm. they kind of the two things that sustain a lot of writers. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, not all. There's also you know various types of tea, <laughs> occasionally gin. Um, <laughs> but the one of the other things that I really enjoyed about this is when when Demi got to Italy and went into Bari, um, yes, there was a lot of really good uh, description of the place. But the thing that really stood out to me was the culture. You really captured, you really presented a, uh, a, a different culture, a very much a family, um, a family type, type tone amongst, you know, villages that weren't necessarily blood relatives. Uh, is this something that you you researched or something that you spoke to people for or is this a you know a genuine experience in Italy or can you elaborate on how you managed to get that uh, across? Sure uh, look it was a genuine experience um, I knew that when I was writing um, the five-year plan that I needed Demi to go somewhere um, and it wasn't until I started researching where she could go and I knew it had to be in Italy and I didn't want to take her to all the regular places like Rome and Florence and Venice, as beautiful as they are. You know, they've been done to death. Yeah. Um, I wanted I wanted to explore somewhere different as well. So it was a great excuse for me to say, to, you know, pick a spot on the mat and go, that looks great. Let's go there for a holiday and I can throw it in and research at the same time. And that's exactly how it worked out. Um And so when I was there, I was really taking in the place as I wanted Demi to take it in and as I wanted the reader to experience it through Demi's eyes. So I was taking lots of notes. I was taking lots of photos, writing down things that I I was seeing and the culture and the people. Um, And the thing with Bari, it's... It is a touristy place, but it's not a tourist destination like, um, for example, Rome or, or Venice. Um, so the, the people are, are very different. They're very welcoming and they have such a, a great family and community culture there. And it's such a beautiful place. And, and I'm really glad you said that, you know, you can feel that through the story because that's absolutely how I wanted the reader to experience it because it's that's how I experienced it. And even though Demi 
is Italian and she's coming to the place, um, she is coming with um, new eyes. So that's how I really wanted to, to get that across. And I'm glad it, I'm glad it worked. Yeah, it very much did. And she, it sort of came across like she's got enough familiarity to kind of understand what's going on, but can still be almost a proxy for readers like me who have never been there to sort of yeah. experience um, what Bari's like. Yeah. Uh, so is that then the plan for uh, for the future when everyone needs to go somewhere for holiday? You just plan a book around, oh, well, look, now I need to go. Um, well, that that is always the plan. Um, <laughs> but, yes, we know that COVID sort of, sort of stopped that. So I, I, my next book is set in Australia, which um, uh, on the Great Ocean Road. So I have oh, travelled nice. there as well. Um, and there's beautiful spots to travel in Australia. So I think if I can... I can load in a setting. I'm happy to go there and do the research and really, you know, do the story proud. I think it's my responsibility. (laughs) And look, you mentioned that your next, you know, one of the others, you know, that you're looking at in in future is Great Ocean Road, Australian setting. And of course your your debut novel was Mm -hmm. sort of rural Australia setting as well. Mm -hmm. And that's another one that uh, I'm I'm fairly certain that you've experienced firsthand um, because there there were things in there that, you know, some of them just simple, like, you know, banging the boots to get the spiders out and that sort of thing where it was, you know, clear that they've done that before. Yeah, it's, um, it's an everyday occurrence here. Yeah. <laughs> Check the boots. <laughs> yeah. I, I still do it now and I've, um, so I, I grew up country and then mm-hmm. moved away um, for uni and did the travel around in major cities and the like. And it's something that both my wife and I, who she comes from a uh, sort of country-ish area mm-hmm. as well, um, Every time we go out, we're, we're in the middle of a city at the moment and still bang the boots. It's just habit. Absolutely. Um, anyway, yeah. It's ingrained in you. It'll never leave. It really is because you just know the one day you don't. That's, that's when, right. Yeah. <laughs> but on, on the memories we hide, uh, sorry, before I digress too much, um, it is quite a different tone. It's, it's much darker than the five-year plan. Uh, as we said, it's set in rural Australia and it follows a, few, a couple of different points of view. We've got uh, Laura as the protagonist, but we've also got uh, Tom who has experienced the tragedy of the memories we hide in a different way. And that really between Tom, Laura and, and Rachel is another character in there who uh, has really been impacted by that shared trauma. Um, well, I guess it's sort of independent, but shared. But mm. That is a technicality for another, um, another tangent. Um, but it's, it's all about, well, the way I, I read it, it was all about how that tragedy or how that trauma affected them all in different ways mm-hmm. and they all had different perspectives and interpretations. So yeah. what was it that, um, first of all, that inspired the memories we hide and, and then what sort of shifted towards um, as you were doing the five-year plan? Mm-hmm. Um, so the memories we hide was... Um, I guess the story I had to write, it's the one that I've had at the back of my head for for a very long time that's sort of sat there and I knew I always wanted to do something with. Um, it's not the, the first story I wrote, but it's definitely the, the first story that I wrote that I thought was um, a complete book. Um, and so tackling them from the points of view of Laura and, and Tom, that it just had to be that way in that story. And um, it came to me because I have, I'm fascinated by memory and I'm fascinated how you can have a group of people in a room and have a scenario or something traumatic or even just dramatic happen and each person will have a different 
um, memory and experience of that and take that away and deal with it differently as well. And that that was the crux for the memories we hide. Um, what if we had these this traumatic event that happened, but each person remembered it differently and took away from, from it something differently and then had to come together and, and piece it all back together. So that was that was integral for that part of the story um, to work. And so it had to be in, it, it's a, definitely a heavier tone than the five-year plan, yeah. um, but it wasn't um, where I saw my author voice sitting. So um, the shift to the five-year plan as my second novel, while it might seem that it's a dramatic shift away from, from that heavier genre, um, it's probably when I find my voice sits more easily um, mm -hmm. I enjoy writing um, in that lighter style as well um, but that takes nothing away from the memories we hide um, that was definitely I was in the headspace to write that and um, I think I, I brought it together well enough and I, um, and I was actually writing and editing um, at the same time so I was editing the memories we hide and writing the five-year plan um, so shifting between those genres um, and that was challenging, but it was fun too. Yeah. So <laughs> I yeah. can imagine that that shift was was quite dramatic. Yeah, it was absolutely. Um, but it was a good thing because um, I'd be heavily in editing mode, and and when you're in editing mode, whatever you're editing is is always the worst thing you want to look at. So to be able to yeah. put that to the side and then and write something fun that was it was a nice escape. So nice. Yeah, probably gives a bit of a break between just immersing in the. In the, in the darkness the whole time, I guess. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So with those earlier manuscripts, were they, uh, I'm assuming from what you said, they were much more along the tones of the five-year plan or were they completely as far different as, as these two books are? Um, they were sort of, I guess, sitting halfway in, halfway in between the mm -hmm. two. Um, those first couple of manuscripts that I wrote um, were definitely had some, some some heavy themes to them but they were written in a lighter style yeah. and I think I think as a writer I've evolved to to learn my, what my voice is and where it sits best so starting off with those two it sort of took ended up being both of the memories we hide and the five-year plan um, and it's helped me develop my voice and I think as an author all you can do is write what you're writing at the moment um, and I try not to think about too much uh, about how the story is going to end out, end up, or what tone it is, it just should come naturally. And I think um, moving to this this lighter tone, it comes more naturally. So that's where I'm sitting at the moment. Yeah, I've heard uh, writers talk about how you know genre and you know other descriptors for books and the like are more tools than they are definitions. Um, and I really like that way of looking at it. You know. Yeah. Um, but going back to um, you know, the, the books, that the two that you do have out, uh, The Five-Year Plan and the Memories We Hide. Mm -hmm. When I was reading them, what I sort of found were the, the parallels, um, or there, there were some similarities. There were, you know, in regards to broken relationships, um, working towards what that actually means for, um, oh, sorry, I was going to say all the stakeholders, but that's my, my, my day job. Uh, it's your business so, brain. Yeah, people, <laughs> not stakeholders. Uh, but, you know, how that, how that impacts them and, mm -hmm sort of how the relationships are, are not so much mended or, um, or you know, they're, they're not new relationships, but they're kind of a new take on those old relationships or like an evolved or a different tone on that. Uh, is this, are these sort of the, the sorts of things that you deliberately put into your stories or are they 
just something that naturally comes with the way you write? I think it naturally comes with the way I write. Um, I think we can draw parallels between Laura from The Memories We Hide and Demi from The Five-Year Plan in the fact that they're both very focused on what they want out of life and that they think they know where their life is heading and how they need to control their life to get there. And when they're taken out of their situations, um, for whatever reason that might be, um, they're really forced to take a, a hard look at themselves and ask the hard questions is this where I want to go or am I closing myself off to other relationships, um, to other people? And I think when you're taken out of your current situation, you can almost look on it like looking in into a bubble, I guess, um, and see from the outside what's going on and you become more aware and you start opening yourself up. Um, so I think that's just something naturally that comes. I find probably all of my books have an element of that, of where someone's so so focused, they think they're on track, they know where they're going, this is how their life has to be for one reason or another, whether it's um, what they've always wanted or a situation they've thrown into that they're now tackling um, and just taking them out of that and making them really question, is this what they want their life to be? And when you surround yourself with different people in different situations, I think you open yourself up to different relationships and different ways of thinking and different opportunities. Yeah, it, and it really did get into some of those different perspectives and going, well, hang on a second, you know. Uh, the, the one thing that sort of, um, or one of the things that stood out for me was uh, very early on in my career, I was, I was told that a plan is nothing more than a basis for change. Mm -hmm. And following the plan for the sake of following the plan is kind of counterproductive when the plan has a purpose and if it's not achieving that purpose then it's not a great plan. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, yes. Yeah, it, it's a bit convoluted. I'm not explaining it well, but that's sort of the vibe <laughs> that I got from the five-year plan that, you know, yeah, she was following the plan because that that's was, what the know, plan is supposed to be. Yeah. But is it? Nah. It's that age-old question of fate versus, yeah. You know, yeah, planning and, you know, are you really in control of your life? Yeah, mm. yeah that is a big question. Um, it's getting a bit deep, isn't it? Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, oh, there's so many philosophical places. I, think <laughs> um, I, I like to, to think that I've got enough of an education in philosophy to, to engage and then not enough to actually understand it. So it usually just goes off on these weird tangents. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, you know, I love weird tangents, so it seems to work. Um, that's good. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the tone in the two books, that's not the only thing that's different. There's a few other things that you you played with and you, um, you, you switched up as well. The <laughs> Memories We Hide has a couple of different perspectives in it. it. It's third person. It's sort of on the shoulder. It's a little bit outside of the tag, which kind of, in, in a way, really suits Laura because mm -hmm. the way in which she reacts as the, in the, to the world or the way she acts in the world is, is a little bit detached um, from everything that's going on mm -hmm. whereas Demi is um you know she's someone who she walks in a room and, and she just fills it up there, there is a lot of personality there there's a lot of vibrancy and that really comes through in the writing as well yeah thank um, you. And, and that's the book is then first person and certainly up to the part that I was able to get to today mm -hmm. it's all staying in the one perspective um, yes was there a sort of deliberate choice between those or is that something that you, again, just naturally that's how the story came out? Or? Mm -hmm. With the memories we hide, um, it was always Laura's story and there was always going to be needing um, Tom's point of view because we need those different perspectives on on what happened. Um, 
And I, I didn't realise at the time that writing from two points of view for your debut novel, you know, is considered adventurous. <laughs> but it's just the way the story came off. to me. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so that was always that way. With the five-year plan, it was actually... Um, when I first began writing it, it was from three points of view and they were all third-person points of view. Um, so that's that's changed quite a bit. Um, the final um, five-year plan is only from Demi's point of view and its first-person point of view. Um, so, so, yeah. you don't get Anna's point of view at all? No. No, you don't. You get Anna was in the first um, concept, Um but it was always Demi's story to tell. She was the one who was the loudest. As you said, she fills a room and, and she filled my head too. She took over the, the point of view and, and it was became her story to tell. So it was only natural um, that it was from her point of view. Yeah. And look, it's, um, I, I really enjoyed Anna as a character. Um, she seemed someone who um, was quite different to Demi in the sense that she was, they both wrote, I mean, they both wrote the plan. I'm not going to, give spoilers as to how it happened but you know not necessarily in the most serious way and um i think anna very much took it as the uh with the level of seriousness that it with which it was written um and she seemed very happy to go off plan you know when the whims took her with then it was a fascinating character Um, yes for sure yeah but uh, again i i digress um (laughs) so i'm going to digress a little bit here as well uh, one thing I'm really interested, um, especially after hearing a couple of those, those those answers, what's your actual like writing style? Do you tend to plot and plan things out quite a bit, or do you just write as you go, or a little bit of both? What's the uh, what, what's the the, the trademark Jodie Gibson way of writing? Well, I don't think there is a trademark Jodie <laughs> Gibson way of writing. Um, when I first started out, I was definitely just sitting down to the keyboard, story in my head, letting the story just flow out through my fingertips um, and whatever happened, happened and not really planning, not really plotting, um, not really thinking, is this the right structure for the novel? Is it from the right point of view? It was just simply the story coming to me. And and although that hasn't changed much, um, I still do sit down and write a first draft pretty much that way but I am more conscious now of of things like structure and character development and character arcs um, because because you learn that along the way so I'm more conscious of that but first draft is definitely um, just pantsing my way through it most of the time and second draft is where it really all has to come together where you start um, reining parts in getting rid of things and I start plotting and I start I have a whiteboard and I have post-it notes and I have scene cards and um, notebooks and I'm making notes all the time this has to happen I have to hit this mark here and um, so I think I'm 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 somewhere in the middle of the spectrum of plotter and pantser and and it's working well sort of working at the moment Uh, it certainly um you know as I've said before I'm not a um I'm not how what's the word um I'm, I'm not well read in, in the genre of mm-hmm. uh, women's fiction. Um, and it's one of the things that, that really stood out to me in these books. I've, I've no idea how they stand against others in the same genre, but they came across as very, very professional books and written by um, someone who, who does know about all those things like structure and getting the right beats at the right time and everything. Uh, so, look, I, I think that, um, you know, certainly, you know, it, 
the way you're doing it seems to be working quite well and it makes it makes a lot of sense i think um uh, natasha lester does a similar thing where pants yes. is the the very first bit and then as you said it's a spectrum you know you you shift where you need to be on the time and then does the the spreadsheets and the very linear way to do it yeah and look works for her so seems to yeah <laughs> look i'd love to, i'd love to be one of these people who can think of an idea and then just sit down and plot out every chapter and every yeah. beat and every scene and just look at it each day know exactly what you're going to write and just write it to me oh, that, that that sits in my orderly side of the brain really well yeah. but it just doesn't translate with my creative process maybe okay. one day it will maybe i'm leaning towards that eventually but yeah for now it's it's just got to be sit down and write very yeah. first. But, uh, I think, you know, it comes back to, you know, using plotting or pantsing mentalities as, as tools for different parts of it. And it seems, like I said, it, the final product is testament to um, to using both of those well. So, so we well can done. say it works for now. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, on, on a couple of other things that you've done um, differently here. So The Memories We Hide was a self-published title uh, that was, as I said, very, very professionally um, put out there, all done by yourself, well done. Uh, and this is, you know, again, something we discussed a little bit before the recording hit. Uh, hit the um, That idea of self-publishing absolutely terrifies me because <laughs> it just seems to be, um, it's it's a lot of work. And when you put it in, it really, it really shows. So mm -hmm. well done. Um, and then the five-year plan, you've taken a, um, a hybrid approach with, mm -hmm. uh, with so Brio or Brio? I'm not sure on the pronunciation there. Brio. Brio, Brio Books. Brio um, Books. Yeah. Can you tell us a, a little bit about what your journey was like along both of those, those you know, the self-publishing and the hybrid mm -hmm. publishing uh, way? What you actually mean by hybrid publishing? Because I know that's got a couple of different definitions. Mm. Um, and what actually made you choose uh, or made you make the switch essentially to to that different form of publishing? It's probably three questions in one. Sorry, so much. Okay, let's in. let's tackle that. Let's yeah. pull that one apart. <laughs> so the memories we hide. Um, when I wrote that, I think I mentioned before that um, it, it had been a story that had always been in my head, but not necessarily the genre that I, I thought I would write in. So when I came to pitching that, because I always planned to traditionally publish because I didn't, I didn't know anything different. I didn't know much about indie publishing, um, so it was just traditional. Um, and I, I pitched it out there maybe two or three times, got a couple of requests for full manuscripts that um, had great feedback but just didn't make it over the line. Um, I think at that point um, I was hearing more and more about independently um, published authors, so it sort of piqued my interest and I started doing some research and um, I thought, yeah, I think I could do this. And so I think because I didn't think this was where my voice sat and I didn't want to be pigeonholed by a traditional publisher in that genre, um, that's why I leant towards learning how to independently publish. And um, I just basically did a whole lot of research, um, had a huge learning curve along the way, lots of mistakes, um, but took on the work. And I wanted to I wanted to put out a book that looked like a traditionally published book. I didn't want a reader to pick up and go, oh, this looks a bit, you know, it doesn't look up to scratch. Um, I really needed it to have that traditional look, which I think is really important um, because readers don't care if a book is independently published or mm. not. They just care about 
how, how it reads as a story. So it had to look the part. So I was very conscious of that. Um, and when I was writing the five-year plan, I had always planned to pitch that out again as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I had already independently published, I knew that I could do it. I knew that it was a lot of work, um, but I knew I could do it. Um, and I had pitched it out a couple of times again and was making the decision, okay, I'm going to go down the indie route when um, a a mutual colleague introduced me to Breo Books and Booktopia Publishing and they decided to take it on, um, um, which was great. And so I'm publishing with them the print rights that they hold my print rights for the five-year plan Mm -hmm. and I am holding the ebook and audio rights for the five-year plan so I'm releasing it on ebook and eventually audio so that's where the hybrid comes in so part traditional part independent Um, but on that independent side I'm in control of the whole um, ebook and audio rights for that so um, and I think I think that's a nice place to sit. I'm getting, I guess, Absolutely. the best of both worlds. Um, I'm experiencing what traditional publishing is like. I'm, again, learning more about indie publishing. Um, and I think we're lucky these days for authors to have different paths to publication. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, and holding the um, the audio and the ebook rights, they're, they're a huge part of the industry now as well. So Absolutely, that, yeah. Uh, yeah, real, yeah. That, that sounds like a very advantageous way to... Um, and to look after the authors because in the end mm. without authors yeah kind of hard to get books exactly <laughs> uh yeah so that comes from a different conversation i've always paid the authors but that's um <laughs> that's for another day yeah that is um and look i've i've read both um I certainly read all of uh, the memories we hide i read as much of the five-year plan as i could today uh and thoroughly enjoying that as well and you know, I very much understand where you're coming from when you say that the uh, the genre is the genre where the uh, fiction with all the feels, because um, mm. they do have different feels, but all of yeah. them. Um, so the next one I'm going to ask is, I personally think it's probably one of either the easiest or the hardest question in publishing, <laughs> whether or not you know the answer already. But what is next for uh, for yourself? What's the, you know, what are we looking at after uh, the five year plan? Sure. So. As I said before, I'm really happy sitting in this space at the moment, the the feel-good fiction, um, fiction with all the feels. It's a nice place to be at the moment, I think. I love that name. I, yeah. <laughs> I think readers are wanting to be in this space at the moment with everything that's going on with the world, and I'm enjoying writing it. So, And I think that's a major, major point. If you're enjoying what you're writing, I think readers will enjoy reading it. So. Um, my next book is along the same lines. It's that lighthearted fiction. I've got another couple of ideas for that. Um, but who knows? As I said, I don't like to pigeonhole myself. It's where I am at the moment. I'd love to write a tackle a psychological thriller one day, but who knows? Um, just, yeah, for the next the next little while at least, it's definitely along the lines of the five-year plan. It's just oh. fun to write. It's fun to read, so thank you Great. very much for that. <laughs> that's, that's the goal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, look, I'm not saying a psychological thriller wouldn't be fun to read, but it's a different type of fun. It's a definitely <laughs> a different type of fun. <laughs> a different type of fun writing it too. Oh, I, I can imagine. Um, so, look, the, the final question that I have is one that I've uh, I, I've stolen from Danny. I, I love hearing all the answers for it. So, um, naturally, I'm going to ask the same question and hopefully elicit some uh, some great answers as well. No pressure. Um <laughs> But, um, yeah, why do you write? 
Pretty much because I love doing it, um, which I know he's like, <laughs> it's a fairly simple answer, um, but it's the truth. Um, I've always enjoyed writing. I enjoyed drama at school. I enjoyed literature. I've always enjoyed reading, um, but it wasn't something that I, I set out from school to do. Um, it was something I came to um, a little bit later in life, which I think is a good thing for an author. And when I found it, it was... Um, like that missing piece like I found what was missing and and it brought me absolute joy even though the writing process can be frustrating and hard and some days you don't want to do it um, at the end of the day it does bring me complete joy and it makes me happy I love creating characters and sharing stories with the world um, and yeah it, it simply just brings me joy well as I said before, the um, the books that you've written have certainly brought me joy, and I'm sure that um, the five-year plan will bring plenty of people joy when they read it. I hope uh, so. <laughs> and, um, so just to reiterate on that one, coming out September 7th, uh, yes, the five-year right. plan, second mm-hmm. book, just as enjoyable as the first in a very different way. Thank um, you. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, I do want to thank you very much for uh, for coming on, and I, I appreciate that um, – this uh, this interview has gone a little bit. You know, it, it was a little bit later than we intended, and I very much appreciate your patience and sticking. That's with okay. Us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. No worries.